Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome to The Ball Bikes, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thank you very much for tuning in to episode 1.3 of The Ball Bikes podcast, the second attempt only to technical difficulties, but we'll get to that later. Unfortunately, the coach can't be with us this week as he is uh, AWOL, absent without leave. But I am joined by the bastion of shithousery that is the bottom feeder athlete. How are you, mate? You all good? What's the crack, lad? I'm good. I'm flying. All good. Good, all good. good weekend? Heavy enough now, yeah. It was just... Yeah. It was nice not to be working today, I put it like that. <laughs> Fuck. I'll have, no touch and goal for a while. I'll have no follow-up questions for that. Uh, an incredible weekend of sport. We've a lot to get through tonight. Obviously, the URC kicked off this week. We're going to kind of leave that for for maybe this week. Let it get simmering a little bit more. It was very interesting to tune in. Um, we've also had another weekend of Premier League action, another weekend of NFL action, which is going to be the majority of what we cover tonight. And look, at the end of the day, we are just two to, I think three weeks away from the start of the NBA season as well so we'll be covering that in increasing depth as the weeks I suppose go forward so first up as per usual player of the weekend I'm going to hand it over to the bottom feeder athlete who was your player of the weekend and why uh, it was definitely Usyk against uh, Anthony Joshua yeah um, the best way to put it is he 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 just boxed the ears off him really didn't he like it's <laughs> unbelievable like there's no point being tactical about it like the better man won that he uh, better man won it was very impressive time. he was really impressive like and I know like Anthony Joshua is very much kind of a fan favourite with a lot of people and you don't really like to see him losing because he's such a good lad but he was seriously outclassed yeah you'd wonder how it affects the potential um, Tyson Fury fight um, if there's going to be any ramifications for that Probably will still go ahead. I mean, boxing contracts have kind of got to a stage where you run and you run and you run and eventually you fight someone. It's not like the UFC where you're kind of made fight. Um, if it was, he'd probably no longer be able to fight Fury. But look, I think it will kind of still go ahead. I think Fury has five five fights left in his contract. So it's probably Deontay Wilder and then maybe Anthony Joshua. So we may have to get one or two fights back in. But Usyk obviously was a cruiserweight before. Wouldn't be correct on that. So... He brings uh, significant pugilism skills to the heavyweight division. It's good to see. It's good to see heavyweight boxing back being somewhat competitive. Let's just say. Yeah, I'm not mad for the boxing in general. To be fair, but you know, if someone like Canelo or anything like that is fighting, I'll I'll count me in. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially <sighs> like it's like 
Amir Khan getting his brain splattered all over the floor or anything like that, like you'd be all for it. But something, yeah, it's just I meet. I need to start sitting down and watching it a bit more, to be honest. Yeah, it's just I think it's just it's just not what it was say, in the nineties and stuff in its heyday. But look, I suppose some honourable mentions. I think obviously a wild weekend of NFL action. You'd probably you could argue Matt Stafford. You could argue you could argue Aaron Rodgers. You could also argue argue Justin Tucker. I don't know if we've seen that that sixty six yard field goal breaking all NFL records. It was also his fiftieth consecutive made field goal. So that's some kick to break 50 he's extremely talented isn't he like as far as kicker goes like he's just very impressive he's probably the best in the ever he could be the best ever I think at this stage yeah yeah look we'll uh, yeah any any other honourable mentions I'm trying to think jeez maybe a few Arsenal players yesterday jeez I would have been a bit biased in saying that um, I don't know what happened to Spurs, but we'll get to that later. I suppose to kick things off, the bottom feeder athlete is going to lobby, I think, five somewhat rapid-fire questions in my direction in the general uh, consensus of the NFL. I'll return serve with five somewhat uh, quick-fire questions on the EPL. So, bottom feeder uh, athlete, what is your first question for myself, Kazim? Right, so... Just looking at the Jags very quickly there. Trevor Lawrence is very much enjoying throwing. Uh, well, he's throwing the ball all over the yard in fairness to him, but he's throwing a lot of picks into into the opposition hands. So here was an interesting one. The all-time uh, stat for interceptions in the season is actually 42, right? Which is just... It's a bit mad. Um, but my question is, do we think that Trevor Lawrence could top Jameis Winston's 30 picks this year my god Um, potentially he has 7 so far he's throwing week 1 I watched him play and I was like 51 passing attempts I was like that is not sustainable asking that for a rookie like the nuts isn't it a rookie in his first game It's, it's, it's settled down a little bit it was 33 against Denver and 34 against Arizona now in what I would say is he did throw three picks his first night but he also threw three touchdowns he in his last two games it's one touchdown and one and two interceptions rather the problem with throwing interceptions look it's, a, it's an issue but I think he's a bit of a susceptibility to throw pick sixes which is potentially a larger issue I think Urban Meyer look it's it's the NFL so they don't move as quickly as the Premier League or anything like that but I do think Black Monday this year could be be time for Urban Meyer to move on like they have James Robinson at running back he's one of the better running backs in the league and he's just not getting a sniff he's getting like 7 to 12 carries a game like that's not what you do with a rookie quarterback Urban Meyer is phenomenal in college football but I think I don't know if you've seen that comment went viral he approached uh, Vic Fangio after the Broncos game and or the line it's like playing Alabama every week it's like yeah it's the NFL <laughs> Jesus Was that the exact he, quote? That was it's the like exact it. quote. It's like did he think he was gonna be playing Purdue um week one or something like that? Like it's just it's wild stuff. Yeah, I think Trevor's in a sticky, sticky spot at the minute. Um glad to see he's not throwing fifty throwing fifty times a game. But uh I I wouldn't say he's far off. Three games, seven picks, there's another 
16 games. There's another 13 games to go. Let's say he's on, he's on, he's on course. I do think he, he will ch change things around. I suppose though, as the season progresses, but how far of how far can he progress in Jacksonville? I, I wouldn't be fully confident. I think 30 picks could be could be a likelihood. Now, you go the over and 30, yeah. Yeah, I'm going over 30, but only slightly. Nice. Only slightly. I don't think he hit 42, but he hit 30. I don't think 42 is ever... Well, if you take James Winston's eye laser off him, he might go for 42 again. <laughs> God, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, rocks and diamonds, James Winston. He was a little bit better last night, but look. So, next question. Um. So, did you watch the Chiefs-Charger game? Oh, yeah, I had red zone on yesterday. Um just was there seems to be a lot of good games going on yesterday so I just they look like they genuinely look like they're going to break my heart on the TV and just give it back to Kansas City again I was like lads we're not doing this again like I can't have this this seven point deficit so with that one Mahomes Herbert next great division QB rivalry or overblown and uh, no I definitely think it is Um I mean Justin Herbert looked he's, he's just very cool like as in like he, he doesn't seem to ever get flustered if that makes sense they have a phenomenal defense he's got good attacking weapons as well running game probably could be better at the chargers yeah i mean i mean that i know they've austin eckler and he's he's phenomenal for fantasy football but they probably need like a bell cow to take the pressure off him a little bit they need somebody who's going to average four yards a carry you know austin eckler brilliant in terms of like bang bang plays but in terms of like someone who can carry that ball 20 25 times eke out the yardage take the pressure off when they are in the lead like I suppose when I seen Herbert throw for the touchdown and to give Kansas time left on the clock I thought mm. do you know whereas if he had a bell cow running back he probably would have been happy to to eke out the time there fair comment yeah I think in fairness Eckler is he's a really nice player isn't he but like mm. I mean, you know when you're trying to salt the game away and you're like right there's 12 carries there for someone and even if he just gets me three and a half yards of carry but then like he just rips one for gangbusters and just takes the whole it just punishes like linebackers you know with tough carries like Zeke Elliott like in his well, in well his I'm not even talking years, like I'm not even talking to Zeke Elliott I'm talking like a prime Frank Gore who was not this explosive, but it was just you could rely on him to hit you those three, four yards to carry. Like, to just... And that's who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Frank Gore at the 49ers. That's who what I'm talking about. That was as well. Good Lord. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, very exciting to see how that... It's 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 rare to see two quarterbacks of that talent in the same division. That division is exceptional this year as well. Might be the best division, like, and this is actually leading on to my next question because both of these teams are three and all now at the minute. Um, Broncos and Raiders better than advertised, and playoff contenders are just really good starts. Given the sides in the division, I think we could theoretically get three sides out of the AFC West. Who's missing out? I think it's Oakland. I think look, it's a good start, and they do it. Look, they do have weapons. They do have talent. I just there's something about the Broncos. I know it's it's Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not getting overexcited with Teddy Bridgewater, but he's competent. He's cool. 
and I think all around they have a better roster. He looks better than competent though, doesn't he? It was like, do you remember when he got injured? And he, like he obviously had a horrific leg injury, and like that was kind of it. Like it just took so long for him to kind of get back. Are we? Is is this his like? This, well, you look at the job what he's he did, expected to be at all, like or. You look at the job he did in New Orleans when Breeze was injured. Um, now, like it's it's just a very good situation in Denver. Like it's um, they have a very balanced running game. They don't have a superstar. They've Jamal Williams and they've. Uh, They've Melvin Gordon. It's a very, it's a it's a very good running back group. It's probably not great if you if either in fantasy because they're going to split snaps and stuff like that. But it's very balanced. They have a very good receiving core in Cortland Sutland and Jer- Jerry Judy. I know he's out injured, but when he gets Noah back, Fant a tight end then and like, Noah Fant a tight end. Like it's a very good and they're very good lines. It's something that's, that's really slept on. Um, their offensive and defensive line are, are, are the defensive line is, is exceptional. Their offensive line is above league, league average so I think the Broncos yes I think Kansas could be in trouble like could be in trouble they just I think this method of like not being able to stop the run but hoping to be that far in advance that you're putting pressure on the opposing quarterback to throw to try and come back I don't think it's going to work this year I think teams have them figured out you've seen it against Cleveland in week one obviously Baltimore did a number on them last week and now they've lost to to the Chargers, I think geez, it could be might be a diamond encrusted year. Plus, it's also it's very hard to go back to back Super Bowls, and now they're looking at maybe going back to back to a third one. I know they lost last year, but I think the Broncos. Yeah, I I be I think Broncos are there thereabouts, and I think the Raiders. I think will slip up somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I think the Broncos. In fairness, just a quick one on the Broncos. I actually do think they're quite competent. Like I think now they're. They're like good enough to probably win like 10, 10 games this year, mm. but they'll also have a couple of absolute really bad stinkers in them as well. We're we're going to look back on this and go, how do we ever peg them to win? Like to come out <laughs> come out with a wild card. Well, look, someone 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 here picked the Indianapolis Colts to to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, and that was me. <laughs> they're they're all <laughs> three. Three so, weeks in, it's already three gone, weeks like. in, and I'm pulling my hair out. Um, <laughs> Very good for Philly though that situation because we look like geniuses and he's played all the snaps. So we can yeah, that. that's the higher pick. Then they get mm. back as well. The more snaps he plays, isn't it? Mm. Right, the next one. Um, for any of the Cleveland fans out here, have Cleveland finally shredded all the years of sadness and finally settled into being one of the more kind of consistent, regular playoff teams every year now, going forward. Yeah, I mean, look, look, we've touched on it a few times, the whole Cleveland situation. I do think the run game is phenomenal. Like, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, like, they're probably counting the lucky stars that Kareem Hunt was involved in that off-field incident because there's no way they would have got him. Um, as bad as that is to say, but they probably are. Defensively... The fact is fact, isn't it? Like, at the end of the, the day as well. Fact, the fact is fact, though. Um, defensively, they're phenomenal. Um, they dismantled the Bears last night. Poor Justin Fields. Like he only had a, he had a net gain of one yard. He threw for sixty nine yards and was sacked for sixty eight yards. Like he's sacked that many times. Like oh. all the rookies had a bad week this week. To be fair, all those rookie yeah. QBs. They all those rookie avoided. QBs. Yeah. The only thing I would say is the success in Cleveland will forever depend on Baker while he's there. 
Like he's just I just think it's so Baker dependent. He's like he's good. He's not bad or anything like that, but I just think if he can take his game to the next level, I think they'd almost be three point favourites nearly in every game they play. They're not gonna hammer a team, but they'll grind a team out. So if Baker could be could take his game to that next level. Look, he's he's competent. I'm not saying he's not competent, but if we take it to that next level, definitely. Yeah, I think I think it's finally time to say they're they're there thereabouts. Like Jesus they could they could be the best kind of across the board, like player for player. They're nearly kinda of like the best team in the AFC, aren't they really when you think about it? Like they've got the loads. They're actually striking sim- similarities between themselves and Denver. Yeah, can they just like make sure they don't fuck it up like just yeah. how hard is it to fuck this up? And I'll tell you the Chargers do it nearly every week. <laughs> They're like down by seven, and like I'm like lads, just don't fuck this up. So, I think the yeah, I do think. You know, you kind of have a little soft spot for the Browns because they've been so bad for so long. And you're like, do you know what? It's kind of nice Absolutely. to see them do well. Obviously, not at the expense of our teams, but like everyone else, I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, cover. Yeah, the, I think everyone does have a soft spot for Cleveland, given. Just Cleveland sports, they've suffered so much. I know, it's brutal, isn't it? It's just like... Have you ever like heard getting you? left at the altar like five or six times at this stage. It's like, what could possibly go wrong for you anymore? If you ever get a chance, that 30 for 30 Believeland is uh, it's definitely one to watch. Um, anyway, last question for myself on the NFL. Who's going to get the number one pick this year? Who do we think? Who do you think? Right, we've so we've 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 five oh and three teams. No. We've four? Jets, Giants, Jacksonville and Colts. If I'm if I'm of any omissions there, I'll take that on the chin. I think the Colts are too good to not win at least five games. So I'd I'd, I'd rule them out. I okay. think one of the New York sides is going to be there thereabouts. The Giants look woeful last night. Were beaten by the Falcons, who've been poor this year. If like, depending on who lost that game, they would have been in this discussion. The Jets and the and the Jags. Like, I mean, like, how many how many number one draft picks do you want? Just I know, and obviously, because we're going to be touching on this again now later on as well. And I don't want to kind of give it away early, but it's like if you were the chair, if you were the Jets, right, and you get the number one pick next year, like, do you just take Rattler and throw like Zach Wilson into the bin, like after sixteen games, or what are they going to do? Like, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, like when when I kind of first start, I kind of first started getting into the NFL around two thousand six, around then. If you look at, like, say, 2006 to about 2014-15, there was, like, this Bermuda Triangle where players got drafted and their careers went to die, and it was, like, Detroit, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. Like, I know the Lions... That's the other... Sorry, 0-3 and three team is the Detroit Lions. I think... I think they're actually a lot better than their record suggests. They were very close last night. I do think they're slowly improving. I don't think they're... Like a team to challenge, but I think they will win a few games this year. I suppose yeah. if I had to put me nail, I just, I just, I something tells me Jacksonville will not come good, but they'll start to win a few games. The Jets or the Giants? I actually think the Giants have been 
putrid. Danny I had Jones. them as a wild card pick as well. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. I think I think it's the Giants. I think it. I think it's the Giants. Okay. Right, yeah, I'm gonna go with Giants. Right, we parked the NFL there. We are coming back to it later on. I suppose I'm gonna return, serve bottom feeder at least, and I have five questions from this weekend's round of the English Premier League. So, I started off with a question that's gonna make me very happy. Um, following yesterday's North London Derby obviously that's the third loss on the bounce for Spurs they were top of the table going into the international break they're now down with Arsenal I think, I think they're 11th um, is Nuno beginning to come under pressure yeah like Spurs they just when Spurs unravel don't they just unravel really quickly it's not like a slow descending to madness it's like no we're going straight off the cliff together the whole lot of us let's go like Ar- like Arsenal comprehensively beat bet them yeah to be fair and, and look, just a quick shout out like Smith Rose f- is so good like what a what a player you have in your hands with him but as far as Spurs go like was Nuno the right manager in the first place I mean he played some decent football at at, at Wolves like but know? was that his level do you know what I mean? And I'm not well, saying. Well, I don't understand why you can't play that kind of decent kind of football at Spurs with a bit of a bitter, like bigger just budget, give them some more money, and like, and can you see does this work out? Like, I don't get like Spurs is not that much of a jump over Wolves. Like, it really isn't. Like, they go on like it is. No, but it's do not, you know, it's not. It's not. They're, they're, um, they're not like that. Like, they claim to be all of that, but they they really are not at that level at the minute. Like they they don't know what they want to be like they want to be like really self-sustainable kind of club and not spend too much money but then they want to be one of the biggest clubs in the world but you kind of have to spend some money do you know what I mean and decide what you're going to do with Harry Kane and and really nail this in and make a decision going forward for the best of that club Um, I think like Nuno will be fine in the long run like I think like he'll get to the end of the year and, and they'll finish you know maybe seventh and it'll yeah. be a decent year for him um, but the bigger questions I think are more like Kane has to you know get rid of Kane now in, in January and just kind of sprinkle out that team with a bit more bit more depth spend a little bit more money yeah well you see they, are, they have heavily invested in the new stadium they part of the business model of that new stadium was having the NFL in Tottenham and that stadium Every wasn't even year. ready then last remember when it started like it, the stadium wasn't ready and it was like pushed back just... they lost four or they lost two NFL games last year which That's is the Spurs thing to do though isn't it it's like oh Jesus there's well, the NFL COVID. we won't oh sorry it's not ready <laughs> like yeah. only Spurs do that like yeah. everyone else can be professional enough to be like oh yeah look you've dumped us a whole load of money into the stadium here like we'll make sure it's ready Spurs are just like Ah fuck it, it'll be grand. Like it's only the NFL. No one gives a shit. Like you know, it's <laughs> fortune to them. Like it's just not good enough. Yeah. Well, look. The one thing I would say to finish up on this, if I was, if I had a sympathetic bone in my body, and I was a sports fan, um, I would be very afraid of the of the concept that if Harry Kane keeps playing the way he's playing, he goes in either January or he goes in either June of next year, and he goes for significantly less than what City have already offered him this year. And yeah. that's that's a scary bit of business for Daniel Levy. Right, next question. 
one of this uh, one of this season's feel good stories, I suppose. Can Brentford sustain their early season success? Obviously, brilliant result, three all draw against Liverpool. They press like crazy, don't they? They they really kind of get after. It's like that similar attitude that Leeds had when they come up, and uh, they just kind of they. It doesn't matter what badge is on the front of the jersey or whatever. They're willing to actually just go out there and play their own style of football, which is very attractive. It's nice to watch. Um, and they press like fuck. And they really get after sides. Uh, the only thing with that is like it's very hard to sustain that when you don't have, you know, necessarily like kind of bigger squad with consistent kind of talent across the board. And you wonder when they get into December whether they'll be able to to keep that pace up or whether they'll have like a little bit of a dip where they'll lose maybe four or I five games on the trot maybe get a draw in there as well and then like they'll reset and then they'll press like crazy and get after it again get a few more results and they'll just have enough to kind of stay you know stay the course and, and kind of get a top of the second half of the table finish this yeah. year I think I think the next three games are going to tell an awful lot so they have West Ham who are flying Chelsea and then they've got a struggling Leicester City so those three games before I don't think we've never international break for a while but those three games I think will tell a lot for Brentford they'll probably not not tell a lot like I think I think they'll stay up but I think they'll they'll tell us if they can sustain this pressure that makes sense like it if you're a newly promoted side and you've them three fixtures, you're like, if we got a point in those three games, we'd be delighted. Yeah. So, do you know what I mean? If they can make a win and maybe a draw, they can get four points out of those next nine points. After after following up on, obviously, beating Arsenal and getting a draw with Liverpool, I think that, that could tell a lot. Right. In a similar vein, I think we've already touched on them. Can Leeds pull themselves out of the relegation? I think that they will but it's going to be really late I, I don't like I don't think we're going to see it that early I think it's going to be kind of January February by the time they actually get their shit together and then make their run yeah like, it's it's kind of like the opposite of Brentford where you're kind of asking them now like okay we've seen that style of football it's really entertaining but like it's always constantly like win or go home at Leeds, isn't it? Like they'll never settle to take a point. Like sometimes, like you know, getting five points, you know, out of some of these games, it, like in in five games, is is what they a club like that needs. Like you're not challenging to win the Premier League. Like you can't. Like three points is not always an obtainable yeah. thing. Sometimes you should be settling for. You know, maybe a little bit more safer, and I know that's not the style of play, and it's totally against their ethos. Of what they yeah, do, but like it's if they go Bielsa, down again, yeah. if they go down again, like all the all the work that they put into it to get up there, like means absolutely fuck all. Do you know, yeah. it means nothing if they go down this year. So, yeah, I think like they'll be fine. I think they'll just about get out of out of trouble. But like, I don't think we're going to see the results immediately. I think it'll be more January, February. Then they'll they'll safe they'll safen up from there, and then they'll be fine. Then, but like, forget about Europe this year. I think for them, like any chance of getting near your one of the European spots is. Done. I think that's, I think that's yeah, I think that's a realistic expectation for them. Is just to 
top half of the bottom half of the table, if that makes sense. So anywhere between 11th to 16th, I think, is where they should be aiming after the poor start they've had. Yeah, I don't think they're going to finish any worse than 16th, but like I think they'll be hovering down there until, you know, after Christmas, and then, you know yourself, uh, when you see the bottom half of the table in May next year, and you realise just how tight it usually kind of goes all the way up. Mm-hmm. Like, three games on the trot, like, can change your whole outlook, like. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it can actually look, and look, it's very early days. You don't want to overreact, like, you know, if a side loses three games in a row. You know, all of a sudden, Arsenal favourites to go down, and then three games later, and it's it's a completely different story. Right. Pressure rankings. Top three managers under the most amount of pressure in Premier League right now. Oli is in trouble. I'm probably, <laughs> you've never been so happy to say that, and I know it's going out live as well, I don't care. He's in trouble, and... Like the thing, did you hear what he was on about with the penalty with Bruno the other day? And it's like I don't like the fact that they're all kind of hovering around him or whatever. It's like, will you stop? Like, stop nitpicking at this stupid shit that doesn't matter. Like your tactics matter. Like I was in, I would think I was having a nap in the afternoon, and like get the thing in the WhatsApp about, you know, like it's another United tactic, and you're like, oh, fuck, here we go again. Like it's just. He never makes decisions that you're... Like, I feel like when I'm watching it, it's like, surely I'm not thick enough. Like, surely we actually know better than him at this point. Is that not the case? Like, do we not, like... <laughs> he, it's like he's as clueless as the rest of us is. It's like having a chat with your mate in the pub, and he's like, I'd play him there and him there. And it's like, no, like, that's a stupid thing to do. And yet... Someone gave him the keys to the biggest club in the world and they just let him do it every weekend. It breaks my heart. Yeah, no, I uh that I have uh, that shades of maybe Arsenal under um Emery for me. There were certain players I was just like I don't know how and look even to a lesser extent Arteta. You know, there's certain players you just go, How are we playing him week in, week out? Um but yeah, look okay, so we've we've won. We we've only it's not a United podcast who are your other two managers under the most amount of pressure um, Arteta is still very much under pressure for me at Arsenal at the minute and um, but I think like he'll survive the end of the year like he still needs to get another three or four good runs now under the belt to just secure that kind of like alright we worked through the hard patch we knew it was going to be a bit of a trek to get this like just keep the faith like in this kind of thing going like he's plenty of good young players so that's the issue um, going forward it's just like does he have enough in him to like I think the question with him is when I look at him is that is he good enough to, to hammer them back into a constant top four spot going forward I'm not saying win a Premier League every other season but Get a top four, top four every single year is where they want to be going, and then try and nab, you know, a title. Then every two, three, four years kind of run, because that's where, like, realistically thinking that they're going to just climb back on top there now and and start See, banging out Premier League titles is not realistic at the minute for them, is it? Well, I actually think he's under significantly less pressure, um, and I'll tell you why. It's not the three wins; it's the fact that. 
you look at his summer signings, Ben White, Aaron Ramsdale, Tommy Ashu, all three of them have hit. They've all looked good this season, whereas arguably the players that have let Arsenal down are not Arteta's signings. Yeah. And that's why I think potentially, potentially, he could be... And look, I'm not going to say he's going to turn things around. I still think we'll be like... A, I think we'll miss out on the Europa League this season. Because I think we like will How happy be... are you with him? Realistically, as an Arsenal man, like how happy are you actually with him at the moment? Like, Well, you see, my, my take on things is that he is... Not it doesn't matter, but effectively the problems at the club are far bigger than Arteta and to a lesser extent Emery when he was in the club and to a lesser extent Wenger over the last few years of his existence I think it's a lot more of a board issue I think I don't think we ever replaced David Dean in 2007 I've gone through like blaming assistant managers under Wenger I've gone through like Steve Bowl like that man got was like five years as a defensive coach at Arsenal like how do you justify your job position when that's what you you, you, you deliver up Arsenal's defence like um, yeah like I, I suppose reasonably happy is all I can say because I think the issues are greater than the first team and their manager that would be my kind of so one more so you, you've gone Ole Arteta who's your final man under pressure Pep you think Pep's under pressure I think like yeah like I think Pep like is that it now is this where we're at with Pep is there has he got another level in him again like to try and and win a Champions League like this looks like it's Tommy Tuchel time now in in the Premiership like I think head and shoulders at the moment he's much better. He's a much better manager at the minute. Um, I think I think I Pep think fairly. Fu- Pep, I think Man City fairly manhandled. I know it was only one 0 but I think they fairly dominated Chelsea on the weekend. I know, but I still think like they. Like, is there is there no more to it? Like, is there more to it? Has he got another gear to find now? Um, to try and like, do you think they're going to be able to win a Champions League this year? I don't think so. Like, I know... Well, who's going to challenge them? Like, PSG? Do you think P? I think PSG... Well, well, we'll, we'll see, we'll, I suppose we'll see this week. We'll see, they're playing each other this week in the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, so. like PSG, like Bayern, like... Well, I'm, well, I don't I'm know. Not, PS, I'm not sure the, the messy experiment that PSG is working. So, I don't know if PSG are going to... Maybe Bayern? Um, Real and Barcelona. never trust them, though. Like, I never trust them in the Champions League. Ever we'd never have a secure fake on. Oh, yeah, I think I think they've actually probably got their best chance because I I I'll never trust PSG. Barcelona and Real Madrid have taken significant step backs. Juve obviously without Ronaldo are no longer competitive. Um, I don't know who's going to put it up to them. Inter obviously did well last season and got gutted. I don't know who's going to actually put it up to them this season. Um, but look, we'll move chances. Liverpool probably I would say probably have the best this is a big example but probably the best 11 starting 11 in the side but I would say they have a, they have they have top 8 squad depth I just don't think they compete with Chelsea City and even to a lesser extent United in terms of squad depth I think 
they can put on the best starting side. But if they get a few injuries, I think there's a lot of issues there. But look, I will just we'll move on to this because we spent a lot of time on this. But one other manager I'd like to throw in under pressure. Go for it. And I'm going to bush this name. But Ralf Hasselhutl at Norwich. He did. He's doing the same job he did last year. Uh, not last year, the year before. Like brought them up and they weren't competitive. So if you're Norwich, do you kind of go, well, yeah, look, we can keep them there. We go back down and come back up again. But what's the net result? I think they might maybe... If things keep going, they might just maybe call it a day and bring someone in and try and maybe keep them up. I don't know. When you it, juggle, when you go down and come back up straight away like that, like it must be so deflating like on anyone, like in, you know, the players, the entire coach and staff, anyone that's involved are going straight up and then straight back down. No, never mind like the kind of the monetary thing that goes with it because it's obviously worth so much money to, to get promoted into the Premier League. Yeah. But then, like you, you will lose quite a bit of finance coming straight back down as well. I just, I just think if, if like you're, if you're a Norwich fan, like four games, like even f- six games in, you know you're not competitive. And you're going back down again already, so something has to change. Now that you're in the Premiership, it's probably easier to do that now that you're in the Premiership rather than wait till you come down and then. But look. I think we're we're, we're we're escaping a key topic here and I think that's why you've gone so long on this one because you don't want to answer this question but obviously United Aston Villa at the weekend Bruno I think the coach will be kicking himself he's not present because oh he'd bar me over this one he just like oh just... be thankful and hopefully United beat Everton next weekend and you don't have to listen to him but do you see the fact that Bruno missed that penalty and the United were not to lose? Ronaldo's waiting in the wings to take over set pieces. Do you see that as becoming a bigger issue down the line? I mean, look, if Ronaldo wants to be on the set pieces, I just don't see how anyone can make an argument against it. Like Bruno's, Bruno's a fine player in his own right now, and don't get me wrong. I've been quite critical of him as well. I think like he does have a penchant to do stupid shit a lot of the time as well. He just blows very hot and cold. But I mean, like if Ronaldo is like if this is going to become a problem in the dressing room where it's like I oh, want to take set pieces and Ronaldo's like actually it should be me. I don't think there's an argument to be made. I think it should just be go with Ronnie and, and you know for the year for the year or the two years that he's going to be there, I'd be all I'll be all for it and and then. We can go back to Bruno afterwards, and I know Bruno like the amount of goals do, and do, assists do, he's created from it. Do, like, but do you just pick it back up? Like, if you take it away from Bruno, are you potentially ha- damaging whatever long-term career we'd have? You like, if you if you do that, does that then affect confidence? Does he start looking for a transfer maybe in a year's time? Like, the time you have left with Ronaldo is going to be limited. Yeah, but. I mean, look, Bruno's going to be happy if we win games, you know, he's, he's that type of mentality about him, doesn't he? I mean, like, does he yeah. re- like, is he going to really cause that much of a fuss if the penalties and free kicks are taken off him but, and we are winning games? The problem is that our games are not going to be won in set-piece anyways, you know what I mean? Like, the set-pieces aren't going to decide it, it's the tactical decision. So I can see more than that, like, it'll become an issue... Um, with the coach, with those two types of players, like they're not going to tolerate 
this kind of thing for much longer and it'll probably blow out in that kind of way in the media and stuff as well but I I don't think he is an issue like I can't see him having an issue with it long term as long as they're winning games and they're getting results if they were to give Ronaldo the, the set pieces I think he I think he can put it put it behind him and, and just say look we're winning games that's what I have to do to win games. He he says he's the consummate, you know, teammate or whatever. Like so, if you are, you might just have to take a back seat on this one for a little while. There's going to be calls for kind of you know heads, anyways, uh, and that something will have to change drastically. Like, but mm-hmm. the drastic change is not set pieces. Fair, fair. That's a good, that's a good point. Fair enough. Right, well, look, let's park the Premier League there. And let's move on to obviously the the main segment. Jeez, we, we we've we've yammered on for for quite a bit tonight, anyway. Um, Jeez, coach, we have, yeah. Coach wasn't here to shut us up, so I suppose still a lot to get through. But the main segment, agree to disagree, in partnership with our with our affiliate, the Athletic. Um, obviously, make sure to check out the link in the description for a one month free. And if you want to sample, it's got the best kind of sports writers worldwide, depending on whatever sports you're interested in. It's definitely worth checking out if you haven't already done so. Okay, so I suppose we kind of tossed this back and forth um, via the WhatsApp this week. But kind of two of the standout performers this week, like this season so far in the NFL have been Matthew Stafford at the Rams. New change, new side. Start is as good as a break, as they say. And Sam Darnold at the Carolina Panthers. Two men who've... Obviously, Matt Stafford's significantly longer. But the last two years have been quite rough for those two men. And with a new side, things have changed. So, we've both kind of come up with a statement and I suppose a few examples to try and explain that. So, bottom feeder athlete, what would your statement be to explain... The transformation in, I suppose, either man's fortune. The state of an organization is far more important to the success of a QB than individual talent. Okay. Okay. And have you examples? Well, Sam Darnold was. So this kind of this started in my head on Friday. It's a Friday morning. I was kind of looking for something spicy this week and I was like, what can we kind of go with? And I was thinking to myself, yeah, like you're looking at Darnold. So, like obviously Sam is, this is his fourth year now, right? And it, it really just, it, it was just a bit of a calamity in New York when he was drafted there. Uh, obviously he was coming out of USC, like he had like, I wouldn't say like he, he he wasn't littered with experience because he had made a position of switching switch in high school and then obviously he had been scouted then to go and play for USC. Like, he can do, not not necessarily like Mahomes-esque things with a ball in, you know, like broken field situations, but like, it's kind of like maybe the little version of that. You know, <laughs> so like... <laughs> <laughs> there is some kind of there's sometimes you're watching Sam for the Jets and he's obviously running for his life because there's just five guys that have been pulled off the street like to protect him basically and you see him and he makes some like really nice plays and you're kind of like if the situation wasn't so tragic there like could we be looking at someone who's not necessarily like top 8 
QB or top seven QB, but like fight an organization in the morning and he's one of the 15 guys you're going to possibly be handed would they would they be happy with that and I think based on like Carolina breathed life into him there um, yeah like I think I think they're in a good spot aren't they and I think we have a few boys here like it's just going to cause a bit of chaos <laughs> um, but it was the Darnell thing and I, I just thought it was an interesting kind of thing like to look into see you know, yeah. if you threw the most ideal situation at some of these guys, like, will they fail anyways? Or, you know, yeah. does it change the scenery? Well, I suppose... happen? Yeah. I suppose, for me, I've gone with a different tact, okay? So, for me, Sam Darnold had the talent. Right, and I'm only going to give you my statement, and I'll give you one example, okay? So... Success at the quarterback position is more predicated on mental ability and professionalism than the organization. So I've kind of gone counterintuitive to what you said. My example, take this one first. I have a few others and I'm sure you have a few others. But my example is Nick Foles, right? So you know I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan and you know the legend of Big Richard Foles. (laughs) Big Richard Nick, as they say, uh, is a huge one. And the reason why he chose Nick Foles, obviously, he won, he won Philadelphia Eagles maiden and only Super Bowl to date. He was the number one high school prospect. He flopped in college. But because he'd been the number one uh, high school quarterback, he was drafted in the latter round rounds by the Eagles under Chip Kelly at the time. We thought, look, maybe he's a bit of a project and maybe, look, we can re- reclaim him. He kind of didn't really... Philadelphia's kind of going through a weird change. We were kind of between McNabb to Michael Vick. And then there was kind of a weird time with Sam Bradford and Max Sanchez. And he kind of was in and around then. And then and then he went on a magical streak. Where he lit the league on fire for about three games. And then he kind of tapered away. And then he was traded and he ended up in St. Louis. Then the, the, the Rams. And then he ended up in Kansas. Now this is obviously... Kansas pre Alex Smith and pre pre Paddy, so it's 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 not as attractive as it was, and he ended up retiring. He got convinced to come out of retirement, and he landed in Philly, and he was kind of just there as a backup. And we were exceptional the year we won the Super Bowl. We were on across the, f- the board like there was some serious like that the that defensive line especially was. We were exceptional. Like Nelson Aguilar even looked like an like a pro bowler that year, and he just he obviously had the talent. He just found himself in a perfect situation. I, I think it goes because the story was how good Wentz was. He could have won an MVP that year, but he got injured against the Rams. The kind of story got lost to just how good that Eagles side was, and Foles kind of just. Just every week we were expected to lose because it was a backup quarterback, and he just kind of rolled with it. But the talent was there, and then obviously, and then but then no matter how good he played, we still was Carson Wentz is his starting quarterback, and the same thing happened the following year. He did double dunk dunk against the Chicago Bears. We thought it was going to happen again. Then we got knocked out by the Saints. Nick Foles went to Jacksonville, and he didn't work. And then Nick Foles went to Chicago, and it didn't work. Potentially, 
all the talent he had it was mental ability and professionalism yeah do you know what I mean um, now look the I think there's cases too for your but I think ultimately it is like do you know you look at maybe someone like a Johnny Manziel plenty of ability in when he was at Texas um, there was limitations about his size and stuff like that and then obviously he landed at Cleveland who were a um, bit of a joke organisation at the time yeah yeah do you know what I mean so he could he could be for both of us but look he was a party boy do you know what I mean well I so mean that's, like that's look a, at look at the like, even the Bills are a good example at the minute like the Bills are really well run organisation you know Brandon Bean is is like he picks good players doesn't he he picks good players um, and what like Sean McDermott wants uh, is guys that are not necessarily like they come out the blocks straight away impact you know but they're they're guys that we're going to work with and I think Josh Allen is in fairness to him and I give him a lot of stick I really do um, but he's a prime example of a player that I think if he ended up in a different ball club it probably wouldn't have worked out as well for him as it has now like the like the Bills just put their entire kind of fate in him and said look we're going to pick you we're going to surround you with like really good coaches in a not a huge amount of pressure your first year to succeed um, and, and we're going to see like can you get better every year and and you know the first two years with Josh Allen were as they said the Josh Allen experience is a roller coaster. like there was obviously you could see like what he what he brings to the table is that like he's got a huge arm and he's a serious athlete but with that like comes uncontrollable streaky moments of like really bad decisions inaccuracy um, and just kind of like boneheaded plays and you're wondering like it's like you're saying with the mental capacity like does he have the mental capacity to iron out that part of his game because that's the only thing that's stopping him really isn't it from like he had a, he had a great game last night but like he, he'd started out the first two games this season with a lot of those kind of like the old Josh Allen creeping back in it's like do you have one good season as like one really good season as quarterback? Like, like it's really hard to sustain that, you know. And like, it is. Look, can you when you make that leap? Like, have you made the leap for good, or is there a chance that like some of the bad habits and stuff that plague you come back? And, and yeah, just Josh Allen's again is a very good example because obviously buffalo's buffalo's a unique situation like i don't think there's any fans in the nfl quite like the buffalo fans i think they're probably the best out there yeah you fact. you look at like say that team in the 90s the four falls of buffalo with, with, with um kelly a quarterback jim kelly a quarterback and then there was a lot of pain for a lot of years so it took a lot for them to invest in sean mcdermott a quote a coach and the kind of when josh allen came in like a weaker franchise could have folded on Josh Allen after year one. I think Six. that's fair. I actually, and even the second year, like, 
if I was a Bills fan, you'd be looking at it going like, you see the really high level intoxicating shit that like is just mind blown one week and then the next week it's like completes 40% of his passes his two interceptions like he just can't drive the offense down the field and you're like going how you look at him like and you're like how can you not just be more consistent like week on week Mm -hmm. but I do think like in a different like I think if the Jets had taken a flyer on him that year what was the that was the year with like Baker Sam Darnold Josh Allen was Lamar Jackson in that class as well yeah Lamar fell like if the Jets had taken Josh Allen, that, that fucking write it off, like gone. Yeah, he's he's a Bishop Sycamore. Um, might know. <laughs> if they drafted him, just like it, just write it off, like it wasn't going to happen. And I, I think because it was the Bills and what they'd already put in place there to try and to to make him the best player that he could possibly be and put him in the best position. Like I think that's exactly why he's still in the league now. Yeah. No. No. I do think obviously it it helps that, he, like right they right they did buy into him, but he definitely bought into Buffalo. Oh, he definitely, fact. Definitely connected with the fans. Definitely was just a good player. Like, like I suppose another kind of example I tossed around around this kind of it's about like it's it's a lot more than just the organization. Like two players who who've and for me anyway they're often compared is Dak and Carson Wentz. Came into the league in the same year. Dak was obviously a far lower, lower um, round pick. But and it pains me to say this, but you often hear kind of the Philadelphia beat writers kind of leak stories of there was like this harmony in the in the Philly dressing room, and it all kind of centered around Wentz. You hear about Dak, and it kind of seems to be the opposite. He kind of seems to be the main man in Dallas. Do you know, like, like it just seems to be a little bit more, and then like he had to get out of Philadelphia. He had to. He, I'm a Midwestern guy. I had to go to Indianapolis. Like, if you start to hear these rumors again in Indianapolis, like maybe he just isn't built for it, like psychologically, because he has the talent. I think with Wentz, it was more like he was obviously. He's he's a big man. He's some very similar kind of athletic traits as. You know, even Josh Allen there, we're talking about like not mm. not the same throwing ability down to a tee, but like he's definitely on a high end of like what you want the quarterback in the NFL if you built him mm. in a lab. Like Wentz is, Wentz has kind of got it all, you know, apart from the injury stuff. And the second year, do you remember that sack? It was it I think it's against the the old Redskins at the time before they changed to the, the Washington Football Team. He broke a sack. And like he's literally like kind of hanging off the ground. He just pops up, springs off it, and throws his dart down the field for a touchdown. And that was like the first play of Manny for what would have been his MVP campaign. Mm. But then like you see, like his stuff gets real kind of flaky week to week as well because he's not just like kind of mechanically sound thrower like constantly on the. Like it's some, more someone like Hammer. Oh, Hammer's probably harsh, but. I would say Matt Ryan cannot get over the demons of that Super Bowl. He can't just get over them. Like yeah, he, could, he can he can show glimpses, but I think psychologically he's never quite got over that that Super Bowl loss. I think if you moved and, him on, he would be in. I think we'd get another crack in the air of him. To be honest, now I also think 
Picture yourself as Carson Wentz. You almost have an MVP season in your second year. You do your ACL. You watch. I don't care who you are. On some level watching the backup quarterback come in. Win a Super Bowl. And have a statue of the Philly Philly play. Erected outside the stadium. That's got a mess with your psyche. And I think that's why we've seen him try and play this like hero ball. And kind of be more susceptible to picks like down the latter years in, in Philly or whatever and I think that's kind of a lot of the, the issues Um, yeah I just I do just think it's more end of profession look you can you can end up in, in garbage fires like you can end up in the Jets under Adam Gase and then you can move to Carolina under Matt Rule do you know Um, but I do just think it comes down like the the other two examples I had just to throw them out there, Jamarcus Russell. Do you remember Jamarcus Russell? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Draft in two thousand seven by the Oakland Raiders. People kind of go, oh, the Oakland Raiders, a bit of a joke organization, but they weren't. They were only, they were kind of three years removed from a Super Bowl loss to the Buccaneers. Um, they were com- they were competent that time. He was like phenomenal. Will play for quarterback for LSU. Apparently, he could throw a ball seventy yards off his knees in training camp. Did you ever hear that kind of stuff about? He like, was like mad phenomenal, shit, like. phenomenal. But then, like, you hear these stories of like he was they kind of suspected towards the end of the first year that this fellow was like partying and wasn't like being a good professional. And they give him blank tapes, and they give them to him, and he give him to you need to watch these over the weekend, by weekend or whatever. And he came in Monday, and they were like, "What do you think of the the tapes, or whatever?" And he described in perfect description about like oh it shows like blitz packages and all this and they were like yeah and then they put put it into the video recorder in front of him just press play and it was just a blank tape. And then he had he'd also showed up was it like a hundred pounds overweight like yeah. into one of the off like into one of their from like, his from camps. his from his rookie to his sophomore season he was like 320 or 30 pounds or something like and he was just going around ripping fastballs all over the place yeah. like it was a disaster disaster so, so you have him and then the final look I kind of hate myself for doing this but if you want to pick someone to emphasise that it is purely mental ability and professionalism it's pick 199 Tommy Brady and what he's accomplished versus what he was, what was expected of him coming out of the draft. Look, he played for Michigan. He wasn't, wasn't amazing at Mi- Michigan. They were a smaller program back then. And look, he sat, he sat below Drew Bledsoe, and then look, the rest, as they say, is history. And that, that for me seals kind of that. That's why I came with this is that look, it is. You can be in a dumpster fire, and I think we. We overreact. We overanalyze the quarterback position more than any position in sports. Like people are saying. Trevor Lawrence is a bust three games in. Not the case. I think we do overreact. It's not all on the quarterback. It is kind of. I think like you have kind of got to a good point in that it is where the organization is at. But I do think, in terms of long term sustainability over career, I do think it is more. Listen, if ability. Trevor, if Trevor Lawrence right can't save the Jags, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If he cannot turn that organization around, then they actually did just what is the point of them fucking existing? <laughs> Honest to Christ, I. Like, uh, so you look at Lawrence, look at him, like he's got everything you could possibly want in a quarterback, and I know he's come from Clemson, and like he's he's had it his 
his own way he hasn't lost a fucking game since he got to the NFL like and he had the best receivers in Clemson he had the best everything in Clemson he was the best player in high school and then you know you get to to Jacksonville and it's like I might lose 13 games this year I've never lost 13 games in my life yeah, no, I would say, look, he was phenomenal the regular season, but... Like, does that not batter you mentally? Like, would that not batter him mentally over the year? I'm wondering, like, how tough is he actually going to be to overcome this? Because it's not going to be one year for Trevor Lawrence. Like, this is not going to happen this year. I think we all know that now, like, that it's going to be a reasonably yeah. rough year for him. Yeah. I, I, yeah, look, I do think it could. Like, he has to have kind of ghosts as well. Like, there was... Look, obviously, he put the NFL notice in his debut season in, in college it was, a, it was a pure freshman an absolute freshman and they knocked out Alabama in the the NCAA whatever the, is the Rose Bowl is the NCAA final the Division 1 final is it the Rose Bowl it changes that often it's be like the all state whatever yeah. but and then kind of he was expected to get back the next two years and he didn't do you know he was beaten by Ohio beaten by Ohio in the semi-finals last year comfy beaten by Alabama the year after that so well no actually they weren't comfy but beaten but still so he kind of he has kind of failed in his career so I think that comes back to then the mental ability has he got the the grey matter to overcome this and ride it out but look let's park it there we still have a few little bits to get get through Um, well I suppose look if if you had to sum it up what is how would you explain Sam Darnold and Matthew Stafford's predicament I think it's two obviously immensely talented players even two immensely talented players like them need help Mm, fair fair yeah that would be yeah I'll agree with you on that one Um, right so a few little bits just to, to, to get up so in partnership with our obviously our affiliates USA Sports um, check the link again for all the merch all the merch you can get yourself a nice NFL jersey nice NBA NHL or even Major League Baseball link is in the podcast description so we do have two fan questions we've one that came in via Instagram DM and one that came in via the link which is a which is a voice note format so first question Jim from Sligo back to back losses for Kansas is there potential they could become the next Seahawks? Ooh. Um, I think he's referring to... There was obviously a character limit when you replied to the story, but I think he's referring to the breakup of the Legion of Boom post-New England loss in the Super Bowl. So obviously they demolished the Denver and then came back the following year, lost to New England. On that past that should forever be known as the Marshall should have been a Marshall Lynch run and then the Legion of Boom started to slowly break up yeah and I suppose it's not it's not a defensive thing with the Chiefs either it's like you're kind of looking at the Mahomes Kelsey Hill Tyreek Hill mm, mm, different like, sides of the ball this stuff can't last forever can it Um, I think Tyreek Hill could be in danger of going if if this season go their, their way I think you, you hold on to Kelsey but I think Tyreek Hill, and I'm not being like obviously, like a professional couch player, but like he's he is just fast. 
Yeah, but no one accentuates his strengths quite like Mahomes, does he? Does he realise no. that though? Like that that is the oh, best I, I, situation for him I'm, to be in as day. I'm not saying he pushes the move. I'm saying Kansas pushed the move. When he's at maximum value. Yeah, that's fair because I could just turn around and go like, just find me someone in the first round next year that that does stuff like him. Draft me two wide, mid. draft me two wide receivers from the first three rounds. That's really their model, though, isn't it? I mean, they're going after kind of wideouts and stuff. Is that like, do you run less than a four three? Yeah, Mahomes is going to love you. In you come, man. Like and they're very I, much like that with their receivers. Arguably, the running game hasn't worked either. Like Clyde's, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I'd say he could be gone shortly enough. Like he's. He's he's fond of a fumble. <laughs> they are also like they could do with a bit of a bell cow as well, to be honest, just to be able to Take mix it up a bit more. Like Edwards Lair is good, like um but he is not like he's more of a twenty touches kind of back, not necessarily twenty carries. Yeah, um like um I think I think like a lot of people because it's Kansas kind of think it should be a dual threat running back in terms of like like an Alvin Kamara that can like run the ball and can is obviously a deep threat as well or whatever but I just think a bell cow a bell cow and they'd be fine they're just I, looking I, for the replacement of Jamal Charles for all these years aren't they basically <laughs> basically um, yeah look I, I don't think they'll be a Seahawks I think they could have a down year they could have a down two years but you've Paddy Mahomes there if you can keep him fit like he's arguably the, he'll arguably be the best quarterback for the next decade in the league arguably we don't obviously know who's going to come in next year or who's going to take the leap but uh, yeah I don't think it would be safe to say to say to say that it would be they'd be safe enough I think right mm-hmm. the next question was sent in by Phil on voice note so I'll play this for you now Busy weekend of sport, but especially on the Ryder Cup front, the biggest deficit I think Europe's ever suffered at the hands of the US. Dustin Johnson, I think he won his five games back to back. So, you know, really disappointing weekend for European players. World number one, John Ram, McElroy, really disappointing again. Um, what's your thoughts on it overall? Do you think it's a sign of what's to come, the American dominance? Has Podrick got it wrong? Someone else in there that we should see? See, McElroy was very emotional as well, so um, I think he won his last round. But overall, not what we would have thought going into this weekend. Thanks for that, Phil. Um, yeah, look, it wasn't, uh, wasn't, wasn't a great watch this weekend. I think that's safe to say. It was very, um, very disheartening, wasn't it? Like it was, like when we we're trotting out Matt Fitzpatrick to try and grab us a few points. Like it's just, like the talent disparity was so evident. And when yeah. Rory is not at his best, and like he hasn't been at his best for his while for a while, but like, like one two twelve two twelve two twelve for the US is just loaded like it and they they all really performed as well um I think Europe's thing going into it was that like look individually like we're definitely not at the same level as 
I think players the, uh, right now, but like we'll buy into it more and we'll be grand, and that's how we're gonna like we're gonna sneak a win here based on pure team spirit, and then like they got absolutely railroaded in the end. So I think they'll have to go back to drawing boards for two years time. Be like, look, Lee Westwood and. I don't know if you could bring Poulter again, even though like he's a wizard in match play. But I think I think the selection criteria. Yeah, gonna have to try find new younger players that actually can match up with those Americans and keep up with them. Well, you see, uh, there's a bit of play here as well, and the the Yanks did change their selection criteria. So eight eight qualifying wins, correctness. I'm not a golf savant at all. But you've, you've twelve players. Okay, so eight qualify. And four are your captain's wildcard pick. Mm-hmm. The Yanks changed that up this year. And no one really batted Nyla. They said, look, this is how we want to do it. And I think... I think... They had six qualifying, six wildcard picks. Willing to be corrected on all this. Okay, so... Shout me down. And that enabled the Yanks to get a younger side. Whereas we were... Kind of snookered in the fact that we did have those players that let us down. Your Westwoods, your Casey's, your... Your Poulters, who kind of were there because they qualified as opposed to maybe form over the last six months. And obviously COVID has had an impact because we haven't had as many tournaments as normally. And I think Europe may have taken their eye off the ball there and just kind of said, yeah, you do that. We, we'll go as normal. Power kind of went just as normal. Look, very few few highlights, I think, to, to, to be fair. The young European players, though, did look well and... While he struggled on Friday with McElroy, I don't, I'm not sure if it was a good partnership. I would say Shane Larry on Saturday was the highlight in the weekend, and maybe oh, that's a man. Here. He wanted like you jump through the TV for him, wouldn't you? Like he was just like oh, it, he's all in. Like Shane <laughs> is all in. Like I'm all it, in on Shane. Like it, it, it could have been a putter or it could have been a haul at the end of a junior C final. Um, that celebration like ah look it's brilliant to see and look that's that's who he is and it's a major man and look he's very well respected in the game like I kind of caught a bit of coverage on Sky and they did your man beef on and he was absolutely loving it and look at the, even at that stage like it was Sunday morning so at that stage we knew what the crack was we knew it was over Um, yeah it was very deflating though I think when they were going into it like I think they knew that they were going to get outclassed by the Americans, but I just don't think they realised, like, like it was pretty ugly, like, to be fair. It was pretty bad as it was. It actually could have been an awful lot worse, though, as well. So I think they can take that and just be like, look, well, two years' time, we need to find some some young younger players uh, that are obviously able to kind of crack into that kind of you know that top 20 world ranking be consistent there and stay there because like like the American that American team like as it is like how many of them are in the top 10 at the minute and then you get Bryson there now and he decides to crack driver onto a green and like the whole American crowd is all over this like they're all over it and it's like my god yeah they, they just they fed off the energy as well and it was real rah-rah stuff from them, wasn't it? Like, real America kind of carry on, and it just worked out for them this weekend. And yeah. Cantley was talking about, like, let's make it 20 points because I wanted to send him a message. It was, like, it was very uncantley like of you, but 
apparently this weekend like that's what they want to do and I th- I think if Trump had been lobbying for voters I think the Ryder Cup was the place to be perfect um, it, it wasn't was it? very yeah. uh, pro-republican yeah look <laughs> let's, move, let's move off it because I'm going to get a little bit upset uh, no nah, look it, it, it is what it is um, I think it may be a, a very different story for the 44th um, Ryder Cup just to finish on a little bit of a, a positive note, and we, we'll share it on the socials. We include the link in the podcast description. This week's "Have You Seen This?" Um, it's kind of a, a little bit of a feel-good story to get us in the mood. So, Reese Potter is a die-hard Fulham fan. He suffers with cerebral palsy, and following posting footage of himself playing football online, he suffered vile and vicious abuse at the hands of social media trolls and keyboard cowards. But Fulham scored on the weekend and they made a point of going over to celebrate with Reese Potter who obviously is wheelchair bound um, for much of his life and kind of was in the wheelchair section. So it's brilliant to see. It's only a short clip but it's what kind of it's what's kind of beautiful about sport to be honest with you without getting over romantic. So look we'll share that on the social media over the course of the week. We'll also share the link in the podcast description if you do want to check it out. Um, And I suppose... That's all from me. That's all from me as well. Thank you and good night. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.